0: Kelvencia Rocked is a Swiss national association raising awareness about gender inequality in the music industry, while supporting, promoting and connecting professional female, inter, non-binary and trans artists. Through its grassroots projects such as producing, DJing, band workshops and songwriting camps, it offers platforms for young people of all levels to discover music and be part of an empowering community. Find out more on our website helvetsiarocked.ch. Sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. Musicians in Conversation is sponsored by Suiza, the cooperative society of music authors and publishers in Switzerland. Suiza is celebrating its 100 year anniversary in 2023. Hi everyone, my name's Natalia and I'm a presenter, content creator and DJ. In this episode of Musicians in Conversation, I speak with live sound engineer Lena Brechbill. We discuss the positives and negatives of the profession, the relationship between live sound engineer and artist and the importance of vocabulary when communicating how you want your sound to be. We also talk about the emotional labour when opposing sexism and sexual harassment in the industry, and what more can be done to combat it. Lena answers an audience question, and don't forget if you have a question, simply send a direct message to Helvetia Rocked on Instagram. In the meantime, here's my conversation with Lena.
1: Hi, this is Lena Brechtbill and you are listening to Helvetia Rocked. Musicians in Conversation, Backstage Hi Lena, thank you so much for joining me on Musicians in Conversation. How are you today? Hi Natalia, thank you for having me. i um, actually really fine. I had a really quiet and slowly morning with a lot of sleep and so I'm well rested.
0: Very good. Oh, I love to hear that. Yeah. Very nice. I must mention to the people who are listening that Lena has helped me set up my audio <laughs> equipment. Never have I ever had the opportunity really in doing uh, interviews and all my time to work and to talk to a live sound engineer and use their expertise. <laughs> so thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. But You know, now the expectations are really high that this audio file must (laughs) be perfect.
0: (laughs) I mean, Lena did give me some advice and then I did say, "Ah, I think it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see how it comes out. But I take full responsibility. But what I will say, it was lovely to have that kind of interaction with you. Yeah. You know, you know what you're talking about. All the decibels and all of these things that went right (laughs) over my head, you know. How did you get started on your musical journey?
1: I don't know, as a child, I just loved music all the way, all the time. Listened to all the instruments. Was interested in, in how, um, how a record or like how the music I'm listening to is set up kind of. Back then I didn't really know what a sound engineer is and what a sound engineer does, even for like a job. I mean, how did it get? How did a record get on a record or uh, what's happening on a concert? So I just started with what I knew from looking at the stage, which was musicians. And I got into playing instruments, a lot of guitar, uh, classical at first, electrical, and sang a little bit of bass and drums and... Then it got me to the point where I decided to study music. I was in chess school um, studying chess vocals actually, and I did my bachelor's. Um, but at the same time, like when I started this um, study, I <laughs> we kind of had this. Oh, actually, it was also over Helvitzer Rock. We had this workshop, um, from a band workshop. It was like a female band workshop. I think it's still. They yeah, it's still do happening. it, yeah. Yeah. And so we kind of had a crash, um, course, or how do you say? Yeah, yeah, crash course, crash like, course, yeah. On technical support, um, we were in a club in Zug in Galvanic and. It was like a gathering get-together from different bands, from these female band workshops. And there was this um, female sound engineer when she explained us a lot about sound. And it just got me to a point where I was like standing behind her or on this mixing console. And I was like, fuck, this is so interesting. I want to know everything. i want to like, what is this knob doing? And what is this one doing? And what can I do? And oh my God, I can like... I can have a, an impact on what is actually going to be loud and what people can hear from what is coming from from the stage. And it really got me. And from this point on, um, it was just at the beginning of my studies. And from this point on, I really wanted to get into this um, engineering, sound engineering field. And I did like internship and other internships and started like doing small freelance jobs and... By the end, like when I ended my bachelor, for me, it was clear that I'm a sound engineer. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I
0: love it. Can you remember who it was that you saw, um, the person that you saw um, sound engineering? Yeah, it was
1: Flo Diemer, Florina Diemer. Um, she's also from Lucerne and um, working in Lucerne and Zurich and with bands. And we are still in touch and Great. exchanging on gear or on how to do healthy touring life or whatever, like diverse I stuff. I love that.
0: It's almost like a mentorship relationship, but big up to Flor, Florina. Yeah, Florina. Big up, yeah, because I just wanted a name drop. Like <laughs> yeah. we need to like support, but also just kind of give credit where it's due. I love the fact that you were inspired by her. Yeah. What would you say to inspire somebody to become a live sound engineer?
1: oh god I never thought of it was like a good profession I don't know (laughs) because um I'm I'm very passionate about it um about my job and I love to do it and I think that's key um I really don't have a lot of moments where I'm waking up in the morning and I feel like oh I have to go to work oh no <laughs> but every day it's like why wow, i have to spend or i have this project and i'm going to that place and it's just fun being on the road and going to places and working with different kind of people and um, different kind of gear and just doing it and um yeah i'm kind of passionate about it and i think that's just very essential if you want to do it because it is hard it is mentally hard it is physically hard um You will, um, I don't know, have to have a very good Uh self-esteem, can you say, and um, also set good boundaries for yourself. Like It's really not easy. A lot of times, I don't know, working night shifts and just don't sleep enough, don't eat healthy and whatever. Um, So you really have to be passionate about it if you want to do it and... I think when you when you have that go for it.
0: <laughs> what does it take to be a live sound engineer or what makes a good live sound engineer?
1: I think the main key is to be open um, to stay experimental as I mentioned before um, be open when it comes to gear really want to try new gear and um, new ways of setting up microphones or just making this band uh, sound good in a loud way. (laughs) Loud and you just have to make it louder so you reach the audience. And that's the main concept of being a live sound engineer. Like inform yourself what is new out there and but also stay in conversation with other sound engineers you meet on the road or you meet in the clubs. And um, try to go with their material and try to yeah ask them just about like how they do something yeah. and maybe try to adapt it in your way and um, just be open. Absolutely.
0: What is the relationship between the artist and the, the sound engineer?
1: <laughs> That's a really good question. And also, and it kind of,
0: it, I'm also thinking about what you just said about like trying stuff like... Is there a point where, like, do you have to ask permission from the artist or can you just go ahead and experiment? And, you know, what, what kind of discussions are you having? But first of all, just basic the relationship between sound engineer and artist in your mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I'm asking myself that <laughs> almost every day on the <laughs> job, I guess. Um, so there are different motivations why I work for a band. I have the luck that I work with friends mostly um, and there we are in a always in a very open conversation about, okay, how should it sound live? Because it's kind of, in a way it's a service, but in another way also they, the band, the artists are really glad that you are doing this because mostly they have no idea of what you're doing. <laughs> and I think there is always a compromising, like I want to do something in the front. And maybe they have like a new setup and I don't know, have a acoustic harp going on. And I'm like, OK, how the fuck <laughs> should I do harp in a rock setting? And then kind of you have to compromise, OK, maybe a e-harp or something. like this. So I think in I, what I'm trying is always staying in, the, in a conversation. And um, yeah, sometimes when I think this is really important, um, for example, OK, guys, you all have to do in-ear sound now, no wedges anymore, because it's just really way easier for me um, nice. with you doing in-ear. And so I'm like hard on this fact and I'm like, just try it, please. Yeah. And if it really doesn't please you, we can still go back to wedges. And so this is something from my position I'm trying to get through. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side, when they say, okay I tried it and actually really I can't handle it I want to listen to the other ones on stage uh, without having something in my ears then I should and can respect that okay
0: because I mean I mean focusing a bit on in-ears I always wondered what are they hearing are they hearing themselves or is it more of a focused sound that they're getting so maybe Mm -hmm. themselves and the guitar for example
1: yeah is it that Actually, I'm doing a mix for them on the ears, like I do a mix for the audience. It's kind of the same oh. thing, but um, I mean, also on the wedges, I'm, I'm giving them a mix. Yeah. Uh, it's not just like the guitarist uh, will get guitar on the wedges. They will get maybe kick because so he have like the beat or um, he will he will get vocals for breaks or something like that. Whatever they want. Yeah. There actually, it is really up to them. And sometimes I have musicians who really don't care. And also sometimes it's really hard for them to put in words what they need. So I have to figure out what oh they need. God. And um, this is also something to your further question about the relationship I have to the bands. Sometimes um, it's it's a very psychological profession <laughs> also. Because you have to be very sensible about their needs. Their needs on stage. Also off stage like while touring. Mm. Um, But also, especially when it comes to mixes. So there is kind of a vocabulary they can use in um, expressing something. For example, it's not only about, okay, I need more guitar or more vocals on my in-ear, but maybe it sounds, I don't know, like a box or it sounds like muffy or um, it sounds like clear glass or something like this. I don't know. There are a lot of expressions um, you could look up but I'm always motivating the musicians to um, have an own vocabulary and words to express on how the sound feels for them, hears for them, and kind of try to make words for it. Because a lot of times I have musicians who maybe didn't um, make thoughts about these words. They're like, something is not right. (laughs) And then I'm listening to their mix and I'm like, okay what? what is not right yeah. <laughs> trying to figure that out and I mean I'm um, I'm also touring with bands since years so by now I know them and I yeah. also don't expect them to have this vocabulary <clears throat> and so when they say like Lena you know mm, you know <laughs> <laughs> I love it. and then then <laughs> sometimes sometimes I'm like sorry, I actually don't know. (laughs) But in other times, I'm listening to it. And because I know them already, I kind of know. Exactly. But
0: what you are saying, oh my goodness, is so important. I know that a lot of artists listen to this. And I would just like to reiterate that vocabulary and being able to express yourself in a way that can help a live sounds engineer understand what you are
1: hoping to achieve Mm -hmm. is super important yes I mean for me it's also always really nice especially when I have a new band where I'm mixing maybe only uh, one night Um, then I'm really glad when they tell me okay so you know it had it should be like Um, really pushy on the bass and it should have this drum and bass feel you can also compare it to something I mean you can say like okay the bass line should be like really sec like um, kind of a Dua Lipa bass line or whatever and um, so I know something because I know this sound and then uh, I know with what to work on yes you can also make sounds with your voice to describe something. Sound. I mean, when you like, when you make like boom or once or ding, ding, or something like this, I already know what I know a little bit, and I don't have the expecta- expectation that you express yourself with technical terms like you know the EQ around 300 hertz should be like a bit more yeah. or something like <laughs> this or the compression is too much and um, you can really find other words to describe it and I'm trying to translate it into technical things.
0: If you're involved in music as a hobby, profession or both, sign up for free on the Helvetia Rocked Music Directory. It's a platform for women, non-binary, trans and intersex people in the Swiss music industry. For singers, instrumentalists, bookers, managers, sound engineers, photographers and many more of all levels. It's about visibility. It's about community. It's about empowerment. We invite all of you to participate in this project. For further information, go to musicdirectory.ch should artists know about the role of a live sound engineer in order to have a better understanding of the job that you do and a better relationship?
1: I think it is one point of um, what I mentioned before of this service kind of relationship. Mm. It's not only a service I'm doing for them only because they're paying me for my job. I mean, I'm kind of deployed from the band um, or paid by the band. Um, but it is more like we're doing this together and um, we are working together on the sound. And when I'm on tour with a band, this is more normal and natural because we're friends and it's normal to like talk very lightly about these things. But um, when you are uh, an artist coming into a club, it's um, just... <laughs> Just handle all the sound and light engineers and all the technical stuff with respect. And just um, shake their hands. Say your name. Don't expect that they know your name because you're kind of fame or whatever. And um, be polite to them. Give them a break. Give them a cigarette break when they need it. And don't stress... And don't try to be more complicated than it is already.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I was just... When you were talking, I just pointed my finger. I was like, bingo! Because honestly, I've seen... I've witnessed... I've heard a lot of stories. And honestly fundamentals can we just respect the people who are working there it's it's a team effort and it doesn't take a lot just to like you said shake the person's hand Mm. say your name introduce yourself and and just I don't know respect the profession
1: yeah maybe say thank you after soundtrack or after the show thank you for mixing or also when you think somebody's doing a good job you can tell them you can say like you're really nice to work with thank you so much for what you're doing just like what you do in, in with other people too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Brilliant.
0: What, um, what are some of the main differences to consider when you're mixing in a club versus mixing in like a festival? Okay. Is it a huge difference? It is huge, yeah. Oh my
1: God. Because like,
0: it's the, is it the environment? Like one could be
1: outdoor... The others indoor is it that sort of thing or that's one thing. Yes. Um. The other thing is the size of the PA and the gear you have. Um. And also maybe the biggest thing is, um, the time management because I mean when you're having outdoor uh, solo show, of course you have like the whole day or evening. Um. Uh, or no, sorry, afternoon for setup and sound check, but when you have festivals, you have like. Half an hour changeover, which is not even sound check. Wow. You have like changeover means the other band is taking their stuff away, maybe 10 to 15 minutes, nah, probably 10. You're do- putting your stuff on stage for probably 10 to 15 minutes, and you'll get like five minutes max wow. for line check. And you mostly on, on festivals, you, you're not even allowed to open the PA. So you're doing line check on your headphones, you never listen to the PA, the concert starts, you're opening everything and you're like, okay, this is what I got now. (laughs) And it's... That's so stressful. Yeah, it's very stressful. It's also really exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a nerve um, kicker or something for one moment. I think when you're doing two weeks of only this, your self-esteem is in the ground because you will never really have a good mix no. because you cannot prepare it. And um, so you think like, oh my God, I can't do anything. I'm like on these big stages with these crazy big PA line arrays, and I'm like, I can't get my mix together but it's not about you. It's just about the time thing. And I really don't know why they are still doing the festivals like this because the sound is never good because you just never have enough
0: time. I mean, as an audience member, it's very, no, I don't want to say it's very rare, but I think as, my, as an audience person, it might be more about the environment, being with the other fans and that sort of thing, rather mm. than getting a perfect sounding yeah. set. But it could also depend on the band
1: as well. No, I think there are two important points which I have to memorize all the time. One, um, there's this festival setting and the people are enjoying mostly the company of the other people. They are going to the festival. I mean, I'm talking about these major festivals. And the second point is um, something really sad, actually, because when you're doing sound, people don't really notice what you're doing. Like, I mean, there are people who are already aware of like how something should sound and or maybe when you listen to a record like a lot of times you can tell okay it sounds very different or it sounds better for your uh, for your feeling or for your ears Um, but mostly when you're not doing something really wrong nobody really notices what you're doing But when you get something wrong, everybody knows. Everybody knows where you are. (laughs) Oh my God, that is the thing. This is very hard sometimes to understand that. I mean, there are always people in the audience who think it was really good. And sometimes they come to FOH, like the place where your mixing desk is, and they come and tell you, It was really good, really good sound. And I love the tone of the snare or something like this. And then, yeah, and then you know, okay, they really listen closely. Like they have this kind of feedback. But a lot of times you don't get feedback from the audience, which is okay. It's also just a job. (laughs) But when there is uh, feedback on stage, like, you know, loud noises or whatever, something cracking or microphone was broke or whatever. And then just everybody, everybody knows you made a mistake and that's not good. Like you can't do mistakes because a lot of people will hear it.
0: Exactly. It's such a weird kind of balance. On the one hand of the spectrum, nobody notices you Mm -hmm. because it's going well. But on the other end of the spectrum, something goes wrong or something happens and everyone is like sound engineer excuse mm-hmm. me you know yeah suddenly <laughs> like they're turning to you turn. to your <laughs> desk
1: and they know exactly where you are and who you are it's like oh, i leave you alone <laughs> but i have a like i i think i have a good way how to cope with it because i just tell myself none of them are sound engineers right. and none of them know what is behind the thing they're listening to right now exactly. Um there is so much i mean there are so many points of where something could have gotten wrong and most of the time it's not me <laughs> and um so i'm just like calming my nerves and saying like just do the job yourself and you know it's not that easy yeah exactly yeah. um when approaching an event what is one of the
0: what's the most important thing that you're trying to achieve whose needs comes first is it the artist's needs or is it the audience's needs needs in terms of sound in terms of sound mm-hmm. like what is on your mind is it like i want this audience to have a great sound experience or is it i want this artist to really feel like they're them <laughs> <I'm sorry, you're, laughs> it's fine, you're smiling. You're great you i'm smiling, smiling a lot
1: <laughs> Because (laughs) you can hear why I'm smiling. It's because um, actually I'm doing the sound for me. Oh my God. Yes. I love your honesty. Come on. (laughs) Because, um, I mean, it depends. Like we talked about before, it's about um, making compromises with the band and also checking that like... The sound is what the band wants to sound loud on a stage. And so whenever I can have this conversation with a band, I'm really doing this for the band, of course. Never mix for the audience. (laughs) Never (laughs) mix. I don't care about the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I even hate them because they're just really loud and they're screaming. And I mean, I'm in the audience when I'm mixing and I'm like, don't scream so loud and especially don't whistle it's just what fucking the- loud I in my ear so- <laughs> i'm
0: gonna honestly i'm a whistler
1: lena i'm no, a whistler i'm gonna stop okay, that natalia no no, no. <laughs> you can but maybe look around first if the sound engineer okay. is next to you Got when it. he or she is next to you maybe don't whistle
0: sometimes i don't like approaching this uh, subject um, in terms of when i'm speaking to a guest uh, really highlighting your gender you know the fact you're a woman in a male-dominated industry sometimes it's just like all right let me just get on with my work kind of thing but really i think that anyone can see especially in your industry that there just just aren't as many women like is very quite obvious. Like I, I know personally one other woman sound engineer, live sound engineer. So first of all, it's great to meet you as well. <laughs> That's why I'm so
1: excited.
0: <laughs> but because of that, there could be a sort of environment of like sexism and that sort of thing. Have you ever personally experienced sexism in your work?
1: Mm, yeah, almost every day actually. Wow. When I'm in a production um, on a gig. Uh, doing my job and experiencing um, sexual harassment. I want to get this conversation started of this is just not okay what you just said. Yeah. But it's a lot of emotional work, it's care work I'm doing besides doing my job as a life sound engineer. It's always a decision from myself, do I get into this conversation? Do I have to be the one having this conversation yeah. just because they see me as a female, female sound engineer? And so sometimes I'm really just, oh my God, let me do my job. And I really don't want to discuss this topic, especially when I don't have the energy, when I haven't slept for a week like or whatever. I just don't feel like having the conversation but because it's just not <laughs> my job always to have this conversation. But still... I have this expectation from myself that I am all also here doing this job and this is an opportunity to start the conversation with the people who are apparently just not in a little sense aware of what it means to be a woman in this industry. A little sentence they meant like just on a side just really gets me because it's just not okay. Like everything that is is kind of linked to my gender is just not okay and this is what the people don't get and um, a lot of times when I ask them like okay how the fuck did you even mean that or why did you just say that Um would you also say it to a man or if I was a man and when I ask these questions I'm just already so emotional about it and a lot of times they just don't understand they are like okay why are you already so like already are on this high level of rage and I'm like today it was the first time but you're just not the only one telling me especially when I'm like for a month on the road and I hear it every day I mean after a week I'm just so fed up and I'm sorry for the people who just said it one time that I'm already raging that hardly but it's just not okay like every single comment you do
0: You are on the road, you are doing your job day in, day out, coming to different places, different venues, and somebody having a remark that is a sexist remark or or some sort of uh, type of harassment It's just not okay. You are just trying to do your job, but it's almost like you are the one who is expected to educate the people. And that is a burden, that is labour, which you shouldn't have to do how can we have these discussions and what can even maybe the bands or the crew, the people that you're working with, what can they do to create an environment where these remarks and these conversations
1: are not acceptable? Hmm. What do you think? I mean, first of all, All I have to free myself from the thought that it is my work that I'm doing Mm. or that has to be done just because people maybe say to my face because of they see me as a female gender, which I am. A long time I thought that it was my discussion because it was my life, but feminism or just like this, um, how you say, Uh, equality equality. (laughs) is not a, a thing that is affecting woman. I mean, it's a thing affecting the society, so everybody should fight for it. And it's not my time to do that alone. And I think for me, that is the first realization that I had, that even when I'm the only female in a production um, with production, I mean the crew and the band and the whole thing coming together for a show. Even when I'm the only female, it's not my work to do. It can be when I feel like it, when I have the energy for it, but I need support from the whole production. And so what I expect or wish from a production is just that they are aware that people are commenting me on my job and on the profession I have, and I want them to listen to it, not to listen away and to stand up for me. Not only like touching my back and saying, I'm so sorry this is happening to you, but standing just next to me, just listening also, that's al- already making an impact to the other person. Um, especially when there are four or five people standing behind my back and listening to this person talking. Um, but then also I want them to have the word and to raise the word against these people and not to defend me, but to say something against this person that this is just not okay. And it's not about me personally as Lena. It's against just all the people who are not there that this person discrimi- discriminated with the sentence. This person just said. You studied live
0: engineering, I think. Um, in
1: your... I'm doing a school right now, yes. Because yeah. I'm
0: thinking, I'm wondering, I, I mentioned that because I'm wondering if at the level of even... The studies, you know, for people who are entering into the industry, if there's like some kind of section or, or semester where the discussion of gender equality and sexism in the industry could be had at that level, they get a chance to, you know, learn all technical things, but also the social aspect of mm-hmm. it
1: all. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Um, this is a process which has started now because... There are not a lot of female doing this school. Last year there was no female, the year before there was one, the year before it was also one or none, mm-hmm. and now this year we are four, which is really a lot, like we are four in 24, wow, <laughs> but still it's a lot and I'm really glad that these three other women are there in this class and it's really bonding like with them, like we're bonding and it's just very empowering having mm-hmm. them in the class, but you know, our our teacher, they, they're they not aware. I mean, we have like two people maybe who are um, using gender neutral language. Can you say that? Yeah. But the rest, no. Like there are always only male terms. And we, these four female in the class, are correcting them like all the time. Yes. And sometimes like now the male colleagues from the class started it too. So it's not only our discussion to have us because it's not. But I mean, I think the people who are now starting with us, they are aware because we are standing up for ourselves since in class, like every time I have a really good feeling about my classmates now, but these are like 20 other people. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know how it will be in the next class, for example. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, let's hope it makes a difference um, as they go out and as everyone disperses onto their professional careers. Mm mm-hmm. I'm going to move on to the audience question that we have for you. It comes from at nick3000, that's n.i.k.3000. And the question is very simply what is the best spot? to stay at a show so where where is the best place to start i'm presuming so this is like oh. you know you've got to tell us should
1: we be next to you that's such <laughs> a good question and actually there's such an easy answer to it because there is a term for it it's called the sweet spot Ooh,
0: I like it. yeah the me sweet too top. where <laughs> is that sweet
1: spot? The sweet spot um for starters it's in the middle <laughs> it's in the middle mm-hmm. Um, so you have this left right stereo panorama. If the room is empty, you can make a test. You can start like always be in the middle from in a line. You um, start at the stage and um, you walk backwards, <laughs> always in this line, from the from the center of the room. And then at one point, you will hear like the full range frequency power from the system like from the PA and at one point you will just hear everything and then you walk a little bit more behind and you you hear like it's it will go away a little bit and and I just made this movement with my mouth now so it's like go a little away (laughs) but you will hear that you're kind of out of this sweet spot again and then you will walk in again (laughs) then you will like okay here like the universe is coming together (laughs) but um, this is when a club is like really in a good setup so for the very small ones a lot of times they are compromising in sound because of the room and like the shape of the walls but when you're like in middle to small um, places already there will be this sweet spot in the middle
0: And don't love your description. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't stand next to the sound engineer because they're mostly sadly not in the sweet spot. Sound engineers are always in the center, but not in the middle, like um, towards the stage, like in this dimension in the middle. Um, because they will just like take the space from the audience (laughs) (laughs) that's also a point where I hate the audience (laughs) you will compromise the place to give the sweet spot to the audience no but you're mostly a little bit behind
0: oh wonderful (laughs) I didn't (laughs) i didn't know that i'm gonna i want everyone now who's listening to try to find the sweet spot Mm -hmm. i always thought it was next to the sounds engineer
1: Mm, no sadly mostly not that's interesting oh
0: i love it i love the (laughs) insight knowledge that we're getting
1: yeah it's beautiful thanks for appreciating it
0: well listen Lena. it's been wonderful to talk to you honestly I've learned so much and I hope that our listeners can really take something away from this conversation thank you so much for
1: joining me yeah thanks for having me I just wanted to add a little thing I don't know if it's possible to comment on podcasts or to write something to it because um, I just wanted to add to this conversation we had about what can uh, the band or the crew do, like, to help? Um, having this discussion and not, um, not to like overlook these comments and uh, reactions, um, which are just sexist on the job. And I kind of wanted to open the discussion to like people having ideas and just commenting them or like texting you or me and just I'm, I'm really curious about what other people had kind of thoughts on this topic.
0: Absolutely, I think we can put it out to our um, our listeners, our audience. We've got the Helvetia Rocked uh, Instagram page and certainly there's ways that people can leave comments and and we could have a discussion about this subject. It's super
1: important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let's do that. Thank you, Lina. Thank you for having me, Natalia.
0: If you want to join the Helvetia Rocked community or find out more, check out the website, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. If you'd like to support Helvetia Rocked, you can also become a member or donate. And if you like what you heard today, please share it with your friends. Helvetia Rocked Musicians in Conversation is a concept by Natalia Anderson in collaboration with Helvetia Rocked. It's presented and produced by Natalia Anderson. Music is by Jackie Brucher and The Jackets.